Welcome back, folks, to Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a nightmare boy, and a man who appreciates really good YouTube content, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who would never overpay defenseman, and a man who thinks he could beat a hairless chimp in a fight. Well, if you're human, well, how you doing? <laughs> the slander, the slander straight away. Straight away. <laughs> that is the complete opposite of what I said. We were just talking about how young these chimps... <laughs> I could I like, I, myself. Like I said, though, I do the intro. I can say whatever I want. It's <laughs> your you create the reality. If, if it's I, true. Do you know what? It's true. Mud sticks. If I said I could say something really, really horrific, <laughs> it would actually like you know in a few weeks it might be out there. <laughs> I'd a have to man be careful. Previously convicted on a uh, breaking the Geneva Conventions, William Everett. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> if I had a shiv, could I do a hairless chimp? I don't, to be no fair, I, did, I said I could beat that uh, that baby hairless chimp because he was as scrawny as I. So yeah, I could I could True. definitely beat that hairless chimp. If I had a shiv, could I? I do even a chimp? think. No, not even with a shiv. I genuinely think even if I had a, I would need an automatic gun, not just like a six shooter. Or I've got to keep pulling the trigger. <laughs> a <type>. six shooter, <laughs> fucking oh, no. John Wayne over here. <laughs> Dan Cowboy over here. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. I don't know. Dude, I'm English. I don't know guns. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Do my you, weapons are think... uh, cutting put-downs and tutting in a queue. That's my weapon. <laughs> I, re- I reckon if you if you shanked a chimp, yeah, would they not but, be like, would there not be that instinct in their head that's like, oh, that's, I can't, I can't mess with that. No, because I think, A... You'd never get close enough to it to have the chance. It would be yeah, on you like arms. Yeah, it would be on you like white on rice, and then you'd have no shot. It would be on you instantly, and it would beat you to death or rip your arm off or rip your face off. Even if you then did manage to get a stab in, it's that kind of like flight or fight thing that I then believe it would enrage it even further. How yeah, dare you fucking yeah, try and stab me? Now I'll go super cyan, and then you're just completely fucked. Yeah, and I reckon chimps are much more used to fighting than the average, average human. Yeah, exactly. Class. Yeah, that's how they kind of assert dominance and like take care of their pack and stuff, isn't it? They fight each other. They literally pull each other to like rip each other's flesh out in fights. It's fucking awful. Oh, it's so imagine, bad. And imagine if the yoked little chimp got the knife. That's I've I've seen exactly. that advert. It's that anti knife exactly. advert. It's like, oh, if you've got a knife, you're gonna get stabbed. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, now you're giving. Now you're giving this basically skeleton just packed of muscle an extra weapon let alone its fists and its strength you've now given it something sharp to kill you with even quicker what what if i had some like tonk broadsword and i could like yeah cut, maybe cut it off from 10 paces maybe then, you'd need something you... with length basically like that's, maybe maybe yeah, even a baseball at. bat wouldn't be good enough because you'd just kind of like donk it and then it'd just again be annoyed you'd have to get it's, such a perfect shot to kind of decap or like um knock it out basically you'd never do it i don't think you could knock a chimp out though i, I don't think yeah that's what i mean you'd have to get such a lucky shot in to, to even have the chance and it, you'd never have a chance they're so fast and they can climb basically you know anything they're they're, they're super Ooh. agile as well yeah. Well, no. Would you would you reckon poses more of a threat to you, a chimp or a kangaroo? Because I've been I've been seeing some kangaroo videos recently. Yeah, they are. See, kangaroos are fucking jacked. Kangaroos are jacked as well. Mm. You seen that? Have you seen that one of that Australian guy that punches that kangaroo for like trying to get his dog? 
yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> we see that video of the one. There's someone in, I assume Australia, in like a posh enough house that they have like floor to ceiling glass, and then there's like this kangaroo with this floor to ceiling gr- glass, like squaring up to the geezer behind the glass yeah. and trying to trying to punch his way through the glass. It's like fucking hell. <laughs> not only is he absolutely ripped, but he's a he's a nutter. Then menaces. <laughs> so. I, this, this kangaroo, kangaroo wants chaff. so much beef it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah he's just looking for a rumble he's had a fucking massive argument with his missus and he's just gone out looking for a fight <laughs> that's all that's happened he's had, he's he's had, right. had the two... first person I come across he's fucking having it he's had he's had four pints of snake bite and two keys of charlie in the toilets down the dog and duck and now he's like <laughs> right let's <laughs> let's fucking go <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on then. Give me. The, you've got a list for me that I'm oh, yeah, very yeah, eager got, to hear. It's been doing rounds on Twitter. I'm sure plenty of people have seen it. Um, so uh, the title being "Americans are more confident than Britons that they can beat any animal in a fight." <laughs> and okay. Any animal, any animal. It's got a little list of animals. It's like I don't, I don't know what the fucking term for it is, but it's like got the plots for. For the it's like a percentage plot. So first one's a rat. It's got sixty seven percent of Britons think they can beat a rat in a fight. Seventy two percent of Americans think they can beat a rat in a, 60, in a fight. Did you say sixty seven? Sixty seven Britons could beat a rat in a fight. Percent? Really? Who? How? That should be a hundred. Yeah, but I now I don't know though. I don't know. It's a rat, isn't it? Dude, no, no way. Anything? What if, what if anything you've got the that plague I can... gets up your leg, gives you a nip, <laughs> bam. Yeah, but look at it. I'm looking at it right, as in you get put into some kind of fighting arena of some kind, and it's a fight to the death. You're stood there, then a rat comes out. I'm thinking, right, okay then. If I can stamp on something, it's I win. That's it. But could you stamp on a rat, though? Yeah, easy. Easy, dude. dude. Rats are quick as fuck, though. I know, I know they are, I know they are, but to the death, like a fight, I mean, come on. But my, my point being, if like the rat gets in a lucky shot, yeah, you might kill it on the day, but if like two weeks later you're you're done so because you've got the fucking plague or like gangrene or whatever. Yeah, but if I, that's if I get bit by a rat, I don't just get the bite and then just go home. I would go to the hospital afterwards and be like, oh, I got bit by something. It might have rabies. Could you give me the yeah? Old, but what uh... if it's what if it's incurable and then you die? Then it's a draw, isn't it? And then you don't win. I still think we're we're putting a bit too much on this rat here. That to to you know it, we're now getting massive caveats attached to this rat. What if it's got an incurable disease? What if I've got an incurable disease? Maybe I bite the rat. <laughs> think about that, did you? <laughs> exactly. Give him, him gingivitis. Call it a day. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So what if I give him? One. What if I now, give him my athlete's foot? <laughs> hey, there you go. Now he's now he's in, now he's not happy with his itchy feet. <laughs> <laughs> then he then he ends it all because he's got athletes foot. Yeah. That's how that's how you win. How about a cat? So we've got sixty nine percent of Americans think they can beat a cat in a fight, and sixty six percent of Britons think they can beat a cat. Be, being the idiot that I am, I feel like I've got a better chance against a cat than a rat. No, I, I back myself against both of those a hundred percent. I will. I could easily kill a cat. I, as long as you've got room enough to swing a cat. Yeah, you need room to swing it, obviously. That's where the proverb comes from, or the saying, whatever the fuck it's called. But <laughs> yeah, and, this New Testament proverb, how you need enough room to swing a cat. Exactly. It was in Genesis um, 7.23. <laughs> a man must swing a cat to kill it. 
I think, yeah, if I can, as long as I can grab, yeah, because even if the cat gets onto you and like starts, I've been bitten by cats loads of times. And I think maybe once or twice it's drawn blood. And at that point, again, like I say, if it's a fight, I will just grab it by the tail and smash it against a wall or something. And then that's it. There's no, like I said, it's, it's too small for it to kind of do certain damage to me. Yeah. Okay. That's that's reasonable. The, the next one, I feel like this is a this is a difficulty spike and is is represented in the results. Uh, a goose stand. We got sixty one percent of Americans. Not that much of a drop off. Think they could could bang out a goose. Forty five percent of Britons. Less than half of Britons think they could Do fight you know a goose. Is? I think I think that's right. Like because what because we see geese more often or like. No. I, I yeah. No. I think I know loads of people who are scared of geese. There's a park about 25 minutes from where, no, probably about 20 minutes from where we live. And there are wild birds there, but they get fed by everybody who goes there. And it's like a walking area. And there's loads of birds there. There's swans, there's geese, ducks, fucking whatever. And you can coax them out onto the bank and feed them. And they will take food out of your hand. Therefore, I've been very, very, like within like literally reaching distance of geese. And I've even been caught a couple of times by a peck. No, I will. I could easily kill a goose because I'm. I'm. I've. I, I've been like. I've been right next to them, and they're just not that intimidating or scary. I get the kind of thing of well, it can fly a bit and stuff, but it would have to come again. These things have to come near you to get to you. So if I could get my hands onto the goose, I could easily get it to the floor, and then you know do whatever I needed to to it. So yeah, no, I'd back myself against a goose. But it, but it's like half duck, half snake, isn't it? If you get it to the floor, like, it's just going to snake around and fucking no, it's not. Peck your eyes it's out. It's a bird. It's a bird. Nah. No, snake. Bird. I could easily kill a goose. No, I could me- kill a goose. How about a medium-sized dog? Could you kill a medium-sized? Dog? Now, and here is where here is where I thought you were going. The absolute middle ground of all animals is dogs because they are so varied. So, me versus Jack Russell. Yeah, it's getting punted into next week. No question. But then... You versus uh, Mastiff. Yeah, exactly. You set an Alsatian on me. I'm looking for the nearest tree and running up it as fast as I can or trying to or jumping over a wall as fast as I can. I ain't taking on an Alsatian. I mean, if I have to, fine. But now I'm like, fucking hell. It's probably then more favourable to the dog. Because again, if it's a fight to the death, this animal is well aware that, well, if I don't kill him, he's going to kill me. (laughs) It's it's, the, The rules of the game have been fully explained to the animal. They they know exactly yes exactly yeah before he steps into the ring he knows the rules you know he's had you know he's had to read the rule book and stuff it's not Queensbury rules here this is fight to the death so to me dogs at a certain level I mean even a Labrador I mean like if they get fucking hell yeah I don't know yeah what what constitutes as a medium sized dog let's let's, yeah. let's see what the machine says medium maybe a Labr- Labradoodle something like that. The 40 They're best kind of medium-sized medium dog breeds. What's number one, what do you reckon? I don't know. Oh, don't hit me with Cocker Spaniel. God, that, I thought they were small, aren't they? I, I have no idea. I'm not a dog person, so... All right, so we're looking at, like, collies, yeah, lab retrievers, poodles, boxers. Yeah. You they're, think about a golden retriever. I mean, they're not small, and they are strong as fuck. Now, the only it. thing they're is... They're big enough, isn't it? A bulldog counts as a medium-sized yes. dog? Like, fucking yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anything they're that big enough like that they could dog. do your damage. Yeah, and their biting that. power. 
I mean, they could bite you enough that you would bleed to death. It's not even a case of, you know, they'd have to maul you or they get you a couple of good bites in, you're going to start bleeding like a motherfucker. The only thing is, I would give myself a bit of a chance against a dog, a medium-sized dog, because I know the quickest way to kill a dog, which... (laughs) This is awful. <laughs> but, I was already thinking when you were talking about swinging a cat around by its tail. I thought, this is, we're getting fucking cool. The next podcast is going to be sponsored by Peter and be off the fucking air. <laughs> no, it's only because uh, when I was a kid, we knew there was a lad in school who got attacked didn't, by a dog. Didn't stop. Didn't stop at all. It's like, all right, all of those concerns, let me carry on telling you how to kill a dog. Yeah, I'm just telling you how I know that. But when, when, when I was a kid, there was a lad at school who got attacked by a dog. It didn't kill him, but he got attacked. And his dad know. ended up having to, like, his dad got on top of the dog and killed the dog. Jesus and it just Christ. became a thing that people ended up, it, like, it, it was like the news around the school that how did this guy kill this dog? And it just became like, oh, well, if you do this, you will kill the dog. I'm not going to say it because it's fucking horrendous. But yeah, I know how to do it. But yeah, for me, dog is the kind of, yeah, the kind of limit. I mean, at that point, I'm not 100%. It's probably 50-50. I'd have to get lucky as well to uh, to beat a medium-sized dog in a fight. Yeah, lo- looking at the rest of this list, I think that's less than 10% chance of a win for the rest of them. Uh, so the next one's an eagle, which is a bit of yeah, a weird no chance. one. But yeah, in it, like... It no flies, shot, they're claws, they're fucking yeah. talons. Oh my god, their talons are like razor blades. They were just, Murderous. they could just literally swoop in and scrape across your face and pull your scalp off. You'd be fucked. Speaking, speaking of eagles, when I was on that little, um, that little getaway, a couple of months ago, oh, yeah. so we're walking around the the holiday park. Yeah, and I see this van that's like bird deterrent because obviously by being by the by the seaside, loads of seagulls. It's like, of course, they don't want seagulls about. I say, oh, I wonder, I wonder what he does. Now, as we as we get in going past it, Grace looks up for whatever reason. Fucking golden eagle sitting on top of this van. What? Geezer, and that he's the bird deterrent. So this geezer gets out and he's like climbing up on the the roof of like the restaurant or whatever, and he's just like sending this eagle out to do little little sw- little like um, little circles or whatever circling around and all of the, there's like you know a standard amount of seagulls about and they are going nuts they're absolutely like they're fl- flustered like flying around squawking as loud as they can they're proper losing their shit because there's eagle I thought that's mad that's such a weird thing oh do you want do you want your seagulls gotten rid of yeah I'll just come and intimidate them with this fucking golden eagle I've got I've got a bird bouncer. He'll sort you out. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But you, it's you like that problem. Went... It's like that problem, though. It's like we've got loads of rats. We had to get some cats. Now we've got too many cats. We better get some dogs in. Now we've got too many dogs. Oh, for fuck's sake. You've got to go back there yeah, in two he's... years. There's going to be like an abundance of golden eagles. And now this guy's got to get a yeah. dragon or something. He hasn't left him there to nest. He's, he's chucked him back in a van and they're off to, off to Butlins next. Like... <laughs> Doing the rounds. Even Eagle needs a holiday. <laughs> so oh, a large dog isn't next on the list. For yeah, we've no established, shot. like definitely, definitely no chance. Uh, chimpanzee, definitely not. No. That chimp is murdering you ten, ten times out of ten. The only okay, just quickly. The only thing Go is on. with Eagle, no shot. Large dog, slim chance. But to me, the large dog is the last animal where you have at least a chance. It's small, but. I at least have a chance. I would but... wager that the next one, and maybe another one later down the list. I've... Oh, okay, go on. 
a, a higher chance than than um yeah than even the large dog I'd say. So next we've got a king cobra, which obviously on the on the surface deadly, mad dangerous. Don't mess around with it. However, you've seen people handle snakes. Do you know what I mean? Like there is at least yeah, like but... a commonly known. Yeah, right, true. If, I can, if true. I can get this on him, I still wouldn't fancy it at all. I'm talking less than ten percent chance of the win, but at least like you can. Fair point. Yeah, you can see right, like, all right, right, if I get this one thing, dodge around him enough. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, kangaroo next. Yeah, I'm not fighting a kangaroo. Fuck that. No, no. A wolf. Same difference as a large dog, but Fucking, with more. Uh, yeah, no way. No less, way. Less, less, being less domesticated. Yeah, Here's exactly. the last. The last one that I think uh, there's a chance, and you might call me crazy, but I equally think that you'll completely understand. A crocodile. Shit, no, you're, you've got a good point. You know, you have, God, you isn't, have it, a... isn't it meant to be like a regular rubber band can keep their fucking jaws shut? Yes, thank you to the fantastic television show QI. There you go. That if the crocodile can open its mouth and bite down, you are dead. Yet... A rubber band will keep its mouth shut because it, the because the muscles it uses to open its mouth are incredibly incredibly weak because they has to be it has to be super quick, so they're kind of small and kind of more flexible. Whereas the 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 muscles it uses to clamp down are incredibly powerful, which is why they can drag fucking buffaloes into the like, into the water and roll them around and kill them. Yeah, actually, yeah, you got a point with that. You got a point with that. I'm just saying, you see, like. TV shows fucking around with crocodiles more often than you do like kangaroos and shit. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. Then yeah, and last last four on this list, absolutely no chance. You're <laughs> all right. There's another one that's like all right. It depends if what what what's the what what are the rules around this fight? Uh, next is a gorilla. Not a fucking no not way. A chance no. in hell you're getting. There's you're not even a zero point something chance. No, yeah, you you are getting ragdolled and then launched. It will just literally pick you up and launch you into the atmosphere. There is no, uh, yeah, no, no getting no, away from yeah. from her no way. Uh, a lion. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, terrifying, terrifying. Anyone, if anyone's been to the zoo and seen a lion up close, fuck, no way, no oh, shot. Man. So, the, the thing, the thing with the lions for me is like. You don't even see their muscles. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like they're. Yeah. Some some lions look a little bit flabby. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, oh, there's. It's like my. It's like my mum always says, like she doesn't understand digital stuff because she can't see how it works, and that's what confuses her more. And it's a similar thing with that. Like I can't see where the power in this animal is coming from, so it fucking terrifies me. To be fair, though. To be fair, though, if you say lion. I've got more of a chance against that than a lioness. Because lions don't fucking do much. They just lie around all day playing cards with their mates while the women go off doing all the fucking work, don't they? That is true. It's like, I, I, I think yeah. it's uh, a gender neutral. These are these are all non-binary animals, so it's hard to say. I believe in the I believe if I had a chance to talk to the lion, we'd go into the pub or something together. Because he'd like, it's not worth it, mate. And he'd be like, Yeah, you're right, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Whereas a lioness would just literally eat my head. <laughs> Unfortunately, the only person with a universal translator is the person who is directing the lion to fight you to the death. So uh, exactly, exactly, your, your charisma isn't high enough. So this nope. next one, it all depends on what are we saying about the fight. Is it a fist fight? Are you allowed a wee shiv in there? Whatever. It's an elephant. All due respect to no. the elephant. No. <laughs> give me a tool. I reckon. I reckon we got a chance. Still no. 
I'd rather fight, what I'd rather fight an elephant than a gorilla. Dude, I mean, yeah, but that's like saying, would you rather get shot in the head or shot in every single limb 50 times? I mean, like, all right, <laughs> one's a bit better than the other, but none that's fucking good. You just fucking climb on top of him, don't you? Right, and then you're his, then you're his master. The, ele- the elephant, yeah. yeah it's like, that, what, how tall are they? Nine, nine foot high, something like that, at the shoulder? Oh, <laughs> like, you're gonna, just going to get on top? Just climb up and use the tail. There's like a little... You'd have to have some fucking shiv on you to get to an elephant, I tell you. I believe you could stab an elephant 25 times. It'll still just sit on your head and crush you because <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair shout. That's a fair shout. Uh, and then last but not least, the uh, the famous grizzly bear. Which, yeah. Fuck, I, again, yeah, I mean, fucking hell. Fucking out. not a chance. Not a no. chance. That grizzly I mean, bear is going to fuck you up. Yeah, bears can kill anything. Fucking polar bears can kill whales. If that doesn't terrify you enough, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> bears are just fucking Christ. I've heard stories about like people who go camping in sort of, you know, northern Canada or northern America where these bears are and they take literal guns with them. They've shot bears before and the bear just charges them still. And I'm like fucking hell, I've got a gun and it's not enough. Like what else am I going to get? Yeah, the bears are calling you, think you can fucking shoot me, can you? Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like us getting like it'd be like us getting hit with a fucking catapult, like a stone from a catapult or something. Yeah, it'll smart a bit, but it's not going to stop you. You're just going to get annoyed. Yeah, no way. Fucking, I really hope. I really thought the last thing you're going to say was Velociraptor. That's what I was hoping for, <laughs> just to see the percentage. Because <laughs> you know there'd be some dick I'm mean, like, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> what? Go no. on. Well, even even for for the more conservative Britons on this poll, uh, for the last four, you gorilla, lion, elephant, and grizzly bear. Still, two percent of people polled said, "Go on, then I'll have a, I'll have a tear." If you can hear my voice right, and you're one of those two percent of people, please just walk into the ocean and don't come back. You can, okay, you're gonna die anyway. You, you don't you don't deserve to. Yeah, you don't deserve to be breathing our beautiful air because if you think you've got a chance against any of those animals, I, I yeah, you know what? What? Do me a favor. Go and try it. Prove to me that you can do it. Let's yeah, let's do that. Put- I'll Put back your you money 100%. where your mouth is. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to you. I hope you find a gorilla and just charge it and see what happens. I tell you, this just oh, fucking... <laughs> We're questioning dog and people are like, yeah, I could probably take a gorilla. <laughs> no. I reckon I could, I could have him. I could have him. Oh, Christ. That was good. I love those. I love those lists. They're so, just to see how <sighs> so... stupid people are. <laughs> so dumb. So the 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 one caveat I would have on that data, uh, being being a loser that I am, the uh, the Americans were polled in over two thousand and twelve to two thousand and thirteen, while the Britons were polled from two thousand eighteen to two thousand and nineteen. So, is there sort of a, a line up there where maybe if the years have been reversed, it'd be it'd be similar sort of. How how much have we learned about the animal kingdom in six years? That might have influenced. Well, clearly, clearly not enough that two percent of people think they could beat up a gorilla. <laughs> clearly, there's still a percentage of this population who needs teaching more about the animal kingdom. Te- that teach that teaching that teach coming as a as a hard lesson from a gorilla's fist. Yeah, <laughs> the gorilla is the teacher, and you're in detention. Let's see what happens. <laughs> We're bringing back corporal punishment from this gorilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You don't have to write 100 lines on the chalkboard anymore. You've got to stand there and take one punch off a gorilla. (laughs) That's your punishment. And if you manage to not be dead, then okay, well done. 
He's he's treating you like the um like the punching bag at the arcade, trying to get the high score. <laughs> yeah. As your head flies off in like seven different directions. <laughs> Fucking hell. Alright. I was gonna say should we start the show, but yeah, we should start the show and we'll get I've, to hockey after the break. <laughs> I d I don't know I don't know where else we can go with this. Find more That's animals fair, uh, and just decide whether we can beat them up or not. We need a little break in the middle to uh, to get to hockey, so uh, should we start the show? Yeah, go on. As always, we're brought to you by Wave Intel. The comparison charts really are amazing. You should check them out. It's one of the best things that Wave Intel does. Have yourself a fun 20 minutes. Look on Cap Friendly's recent DMN signings and compare them to all the other 8 million plus contracts and see just how bad some of them are. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And of course, we're on Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, smart speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review, it helps a lot. Tell your friends if you like the show, or maybe tell your enemies if you don't. Hey, uh, tell you what, speaking of animals, Will, the Buffalo oh, Sabres we... have a, a buffalo on their chest. Jack Eichel. There we go. That's the only way I could think to link it in. It's fucking <laughs> the, diabolical. Uh... Diabolical. <laughs> We have some fantastic segues on the show. That was not one of them. I apologize. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the Jack Eichel stuff still seemingly going on. I I wanted to ask you this as we're kind of past all the hoopla of free agency and trading, and we really are now into the kind of dog days of late summer in hockey that everything seems to have calmed down. Do you think he's going to be there still come opening day? I'm not saying playing, but I'm just saying, do you think he'll still be with the organization come opening day? I think there's a non-zero chance, isn't it? Because they're obviously, I think if if they felt pressured to to trade him, which they explicitly have said they're not feeling that pressure, they they'd have done it by now, wouldn't they? But it's it's just one of those ones where it's like I cannot see them carrying on like this. It's a bit like um like the Matt Duchesne thing a, a while ago. There there was plenty of time where we were like, nah, they've got to trade him. They have to trade him now, and then he's fucking suiting up for the next game. You know what I mean? It's I. Yeah, I, th- I think he will be uh, on their books opening night. Yeah, me too. And I'd, the reason is, is that I think we've said before that other teams will usually set the market for things, as you've seen with some of these fucking awful contracts that have been handed out to D-Men. But if Seth Jones is going for a grade-A prospect and two firsts, yeah. Then the Buffalo must be looking at it going, there's no fucking way we can trade you for anything at least less than that. There's no way. Because we're just going to get absolutely pillar. We've mentioned Ryan O'Reilly 50 times. How many times has that trade come back that they just get talked about as like, you're a complete joke of an organization. You gave up the Con Smythe winner for this. And it, it comes back to that all the time. And And they've got, to be fair to Buffalo, they've got amazing returns for the players that have left. I think they've done amazingly well. I mean, especially for Ristolainen, which we all agree was you know, an amazing piece of business. Even Sam Reinhardt, they get a really good goalie prospect and another first. They are, so, you know, you're, you're expecting at least three or four pieces for this guy, but it's very odd. The whole thing's very odd. I, I think the success with those trades is also going to hamper their willingness to trade Eichel because I think there's an element, there, there's an argument you could make so I was trying to get that 
get that info up. There is an argument that you could make that, especially chuck the chuck the Seth Jones trade in there as well. Yeah, that that's what you should be looking at and relatively happy with for for a Jack Eichel trade. Do you know what I mean? Say say the roster lining thing. You get a roster player, a first round pick, and a second round pick. I'm not saying that Jack Eichel's worth that, but in this day and age, where he's where he's injured, the geezer is seriously injured and carries a massive cap hit and wants out and he has a no trade clause kicking in next year so this is a last chance you as a team have to get rid of him on your terms yeah two high two high picks and a, and a roster player or a prospect you could do worse than that do you know what I mean but I think they're gonna the Kevin Adams is gonna look at what he got for Ristoline and look at what he got for Reinhardt Look at what Seth Jones went for, etc., etc., and be like, and and price himself out of a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I I think that we've said this before that if he ends up playing to the potential that he's already shown, and his injury doesn't end up hampering me in any way, there's a very, 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 very strong chance you are not winning this trade, whatever you get. No, I don't think but, you're winning this trade. At all, unless unless he dies. Yeah, unless it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, unless yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, the only, that's the only on. way that Kevin Adams wins this, wins this trade is is if uh, Jack Hyde becomes the victim of a murder. Yeah, or has to retire like three games into his new team's sort of tenure. But there is also the, the, the side of it of that we've spoken about before, that when we spoke about, like we talked about Matt Duchesne, as soon as that player left the locker room, and seemingly that discontent was kind of changed. Everyone just seemingly started to play better. It wasn't like Matt Duchesne left and then Colorado suddenly had these seven or eight new players in the lineup the next day. The second he left, they seemed to get better. And I'm maybe because there isn't that voice in the room that's just complaining all the time or is miserable all the time or wants to leave. or Because it will go through the room. It absolutely will go through the room. And I, I think d- about I Jack do appreciate being the same that. kind of thing. Sorry to cut you off. I do. I do. I no, completely sorry. appreciate what you're saying. And yeah, you're right. They they didn't trade Matt Duchesne for Jack Eichel, Conor McDavid, and fucking Dougie Hammond. No, ab- abs- absolutely. Uh, <laughs> however, they did still have Nathan McKinnon, uh, <laughs> Mika Rantanen. Etc. Etc. You know they still had a very good team, which the Buffalo oh, course, Sabres do not. You know what I mean? Like there isn't the quality that's already on that Buffalo roster, established quality that suddenly a change of um, change of culture is gonna yeah, change no, everything. Is is Jeff Jeff Skinner gonna turn into a nine million dollar player just because Jack Eichel's gone? Probably quite the opposite, <laughs> I'd imagine. And yeah, same for the rest of them. Like, is Ra- is okay? Maybe Rasmus Darlin takes a step. Yokiharu takes a step. Like, but that's still nowhere. You look at the forwards. Is a oh, it's disgusting looking at their, looking at their forward core. It is. I agree. I just I just meant in terms of in terms of at some point you just want to at some point that player who's completely miserable and up unhappy. It's better to move them away, rather than. Oh yeah, say, it's going to be better. Well, for you're them. offering you're offering me three players and two firsts, and I want four players and two firsts. At some point, you're like, all right, this is kind of what we're going to get, and this is the best we can do. Yeah, okay, we can live with that. There's another wrinkle in this Eichel trade that I forget where I where I'm stealing this idea from, but 
so you look at look at the the teams that as of today have enough cap cap space to trade for Jack Eichel without getting rid of anyone off the roster. Yeah. So you got Go is he ten and a half? Is he ten flat? Where, where ten flat? Ten flat. Perfect. So those teams are the Buffalo Sabers. That's a problem there. The Ottawa Senators, <laughs> the Red Wings, the Wild, the Predators, the Ducks, the Canucks, the Devils, the Hurricanes, the Islanders, the Flames, and the Blue Jackets. Let's chuck the Kraken in there because they're only like a seven grand off of having the space. How many of them teams are um, particularly better than the Sabres? Like guaranteed better than the Sabres? What, you got the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Wild? But then, as we said about the wild, that's a fucking problem. Yeah, they're they're because of what's they're, coming up in the future. And 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 this is this is what I'm getting at. How many of them teams that are better than the the Sabers, actively better than the Sabers without Jack Eichel? Um, have 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 a package that they're going to be able to give up. Basically, right. without hampering their ability, you know, without making them then worse. Do you know what I mean? Like, there aren't many trade destinations. They're like if I if I'm if I'm the GM of like the the Blue Jackets say or the fucking Senators or whatever, okay, I might want to trade for Jack Eichel, but I've already, I'm trading for a guy who has toiled at one of the worst clubs in the league for however long, and is now you know forcing his way out of of the club by yeah you know, for, for whether you agree with the reasons or not, he's forcing his way out of the club because they're bad basically. Do you really want to take the risk that you're not going to have to try and move him on? For, for an even smaller percentage of a dollar in two, three years. It's it's probably not. That's a good point. That is a really good Especially point. Especially if you're then uh, mortgaging the future that you've been building up by being bad and having this cap space just to get him. It's, I don't, it's a really tricky trade. Which, which is why maybe the Ducks make sense because they don't just have one prospect who's meant to be good. They do have at least... So you could trade one of them and still have, okay, we've traded... I don't know, pick somebody. We've traded Trevor Zegris, but we still have guys X, Y, and Z who can still come in and play well for us because we've got a good young team. I mean, that's the only team I can think that actually does make any sense. Well, I don't, I don't but even then, have, it's a... I don't think they have that many players. I mean, yeah, maybe they don't. You know what I mean? Maybe like, they over... Got, so you got Zegras, yeah, Zegras is really good. But then, how many, how many others are, are like going to be slam dunks? Okay, they've got Sam Steele. He should be pretty good. Volkov is meant to be pretty good. Um, Jamie Drysdale. Yeah, Jamie Drysdale. Jamie Drysdale, I'll give you that. But then, yeah, that's 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 it for me. Do you know what I mean? And and that's not. It's not a situation like the Kings where they've got so many top quality prospects. That it's like okay. Chances are you are going to get really good players out of that. That's like five or six players we're talking about in the Ducks spread across, not even that, like four or five players. And if you trade one of them or two of them for Jack Eichel, fucking hell, man. You know what I mean? Like that's, you're you're counting on three players to hit. And I, yeah, I don't, no, I think the Ducks have got a decent enough future and I think they're probably better off not trading for Eichel because of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, here, then how about this? Um, let's swap headaches for headaches. I call for Kaprizov, who says no. 
Because apparently Kirill Kaprizov has himself a nice big fat contract in the, in the KHL waiting for him. Eight, eight I love figures. this because eight figures American, eight figures American. Because Kaprizov, we we said the other week, we said we were talking about the um, uh, the buyouts, obviously, and we love the fact that Bill Guerin's done it because it shows he's got some fucking massive stones. Kaprizov is testing Bill Guerin's stones here, like no question. And I, I love I, this. I love I, the idea that Bill Guerin's looking at the wild uh, cat friendly page now. And like head in his house, like, oh fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh, fucked it up. I oh, fucked it up. Um yep. I, I if I'm Kevin Adams, I don't do I don't do Confrit stuff for Ico. <laughs> no, of course not. I'm just messing Never in a million years. That's no. I think he signs, do you know what I mean? Because like why would he come? Why would he come in the first place if he's just going to jet back? Do you know what I mean? Dude, to see what it's... Mate, see what it's like. There's a chance I can make even more money over there. I'll do a year, see how I feel after that year, see how it works out. If I don't like it, I can always go <laughs> then, back. Then you get a fucking it's like his, by you know Bill Garrett. It's you know, like, look, you've only done one year, I'll give you two by 2.25. <laughs> but Kaprizov knows if he comes to the NHL and fucking tears it up, which he did, he could make a fortune. He could make a fortune. And it's not like there's nobody who's done it ahead of him. He's only got to look at guys like Kovi or, I don't know, fucking whoever. Like, pick any amazing Russian players who've made loads of money. Well, I mean, and you're P- like, oh, yeah. Panarin. Panarin make... did, basically had the same, yeah. similar career path. Yeah, you know, exactly. Stuck around in Russia for ages and then just came around and tore it up. Yeah, exactly. It's... When it... the, the word is he wants ah. to get to UFA as soon as possible. So, like, it's all it's all hard of, yeah. like... It's all hearsay and, like, yeah, you don't really know what he wants, but, like... I think he doesn't want. He wants a bridge, but a really well-paying bridge to then get to that point where he can then go and make the Panarin money. Yeah, absolutely. Make the Panarin money. Yeah, I think he'll be on the wild next year. And I think if he's if he's not, that's that's a real condemnation of whatever's going on in Minnesota Wild. You know what I mean? To 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 lump those buyouts, which I, I. not the worst thing to do. I don't hate that those buyouts, in spite of their enormous penalties over the next couple of years. But if you're then doing that, if you've got an owner and a GM that are working together to do that, and then lose the biggest superstar your franchise has had for 15 years, in in a matter of weeks, uh, it's it, especially where it's Kaprizov. Especially, it's not like he's your average pros- prospect that's come along. Or an average free agent that's then demanded a trade or whatever. They've been waiting for this kid for five years. Five years they've been waiting for this kid. Comes over, is everything they could dream of, and then just goes because he he's not getting the contract demands he wants. That's yep. yeah, un- unforgivable. <laughs> like if I'm a wild fan, I'm I'm infinitely I I would basically hold no ill will towards Garen and. Leopold? Yes, Leopold. There, Craig Leopold. Towards yeah. Garen and Leopold. If they give him that $9 million a year, whatever it is, bridge that takes him straight to UFA and then he walks. If if that happens, fine. You did what you you did what you had to do to keep the player while you could. Because if it's that, if the options are that or he bolts to the KHL now and comes back when he's 28 and is a free agent anyway, I take the few years of Kaprizov rather than nothing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say this was um, 
going to the wild for the, for a year was basically Caprizo on secondment. That's what he was doing. <laughs> bit of a uh, bit of work experience in a different uh, different department. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His line manager came to me and Kirill, could you pop over and give them a hand for sort of about eight nine months and then come back? Yeah, no problem. I can do that. Do a little secondment. <laughs> that's what that's what we've been doing. Kirill, Kirill sides <laughs> with uh, CSK Moscow and they send out uh, an expression of interest around the NHLPA, like looking for uh, a top line left winger. <laughs> Yeah, we can't pay you, but it'd be great exposure. <laughs> oh dear, I love it. I assume some fantastic contract things going to be sorted out. Um, well, there we go. We should uh, uh, move on to it with a little segue there into some more contracts. As the oh yeah, a little, a little roundup here. We're not going to go through all of them like we did the other week because that was just insanity. I'll just mention a couple of names. Uh, surprised. Thomas Tatar, four and a half million for two years, uh, over two years. Who, Bit much for who, me. Who is it with again? Oh, the Devils. Devils, yeah. I, but they needed left wingers. They didn't have fucking any, so. I don't mind it. Short enough term. He's a good regular season player. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think, especially going to the Devils, like, yeah, why Why not? You know what I mean? It's not, it's not egregious. Like, if it was four and a half for four, I wouldn't really like it. Two year term. What? Yeah, you're right. It's not, it's not give me, give me, give me a relatively established player on. Basically, if you can afford it, basically any cap hit for a two year term, whatever. Yeah, if you can afford it's, it, yeah. it's only it's only two years. Like that first year is going to be a tester anyway. Of like, okay, is this going to work or not? And that's a that's a risk you take with any signing. Yeah, it's a risk you take with fucking Dougie Hamilton, whoever it might be. And then you've just got one year of a potentially slightly bad cap hit. To deal with, like, two two year term. In my glorious new world, every single HL player is going to be on a two year term. <laughs> two two year contract. We've limit. spoken. Yeah, we've spoken about your uh, GM possibilities before. Everyone takes two years at a reduced rate. And <laughs> it's easy. I don't, I don't know why these GMs yeah. aren't doing it already. So you got to do. Yeah, it's, it's simple. It's simple. I'm going to come to. I'm not going to go in order here that things were signed. I'm going to come back to a couple of minutes. And um, both goalies signed. Uh, uh, sorry, two goalie signs, sorry. Uh, Samsonov and Shosturkin. Samsonov gets a year at 2 mil. Shosturkin gets four years at 5.6. Um, what do you think about those? I, I like the Samsonov contract more than the uh, Shosturkin one, obviously. Yeah, of course you do. Because <laughs> it's, it's even half the length you would like to have given him. It's perfect. Bargain, <laughs> bargain deal. That Shosturkin contract is twice as bad because it's two years more than you would have given him. This is exactly, <laughs> and, it's, and it's far too much money. I I quite yeah. I like the Shosturkin deal more than I like the Demko deal. If you want a comparable, yeah, I'll go with that because I think Shosturkin's been better. Uh less. Uh what's the word? Turnover in the roster in front of him than than yeah. Demko's facing and potentially facing for quite a while. Yep, and yeah, longer longer track record. Like I'd. Yeah, I I don't hate it. I think it's got a chance to be a good contract if he if he trends the way he's trending. You know, uh, another goalie, Carter Hart, gets three years at three point nine. I don't I don't mind this one either. I think this is if if he trends in the way and bounces back like people think he will, then it's going to look like an absolute steal. The issue is going to be, of course, is that what? How do they play in front of him? That and like I said it, before like... that. A bad D can make a goalie look bad. It it doesn't matter who the goalie is, unless you're like unless you're fucking Dominic Hasek or something. You're just not going to have the numbers with the, with a defense in front of you that doesn't play well. So, 
it's it's the thing where like ideally you do him a little one year three and a half million show me you know show me that last year was an aberration rather and what, what you can do in front behind Ryan Ellis now and Rasmus Ristolainen but again yeah three years he's a goalie that has the skill he absolutely has the skill and it's kind of a thing of like if Carter Hart isn't bouncing back you've got other issues that, that that's a that's an indictment on the rest of the roster as well yes so it's kind yes. of if, if this doesn't work for Carter Hart Chuck Fletcher has a lot more issues than just two years left of Carter Hart at four mil. So yeah, I, th- I think yeah, a young goalie under 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 five million for three years. The the most heralded young goalie since John Gibson. Yeah, can't ask for more than that, really, can you? Uh, Jakub Rana wins, in my opinion, his arbitration. As he wanted 5.7, I think the Wings wanted to give him 3.5 and, and he gets 5.25 over three years. He's laughing, isn't he? Yeah, I, but then I, I really like Jakob Rana. I think he's a really good player. He's a, he's a good player. Like The, the AAV is a bit high for me, personally, especially when you consider the team around him isn't going to help him live up to that price. You know what I mean? But, yeah, good. He's a good. he's a fucking good player and it's a short enough term. I, and when you add in the tax of being a bad team, five point two five could be a whole lot worse, couldn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. <clears throat> there was two defensemen I wanted to get to here, for different here, reasons. Here we go. We'll do we'll do the major one in a minute. So we were talking last week about why these deals with the Islanders aren't getting leaked out. Why is Lou not releasing? Because. Twitter, uh, NHL Twitter keeps putting on, oh, these are the remaining UFAs. And it's got Casey Sezikas on there, Zach Parise, and Kyle Palmieri. And everyone keeps replying with, they're not UFAs, they're already with the Islanders. We just don't know it. We've just not been told yet. But <laughs> yeah, <we just laughs> they're already there. So the only one that kind of, the only recent one that's got released is um, Adam Pellet gets eight years, 5.75. I think the only reason we've got any inkling that this has come out is because Lou is flexing on the other GMs, saying, look what I paid my guy. You fucking idiots are paying your guys three and a half million dollars more. Look what I did. I'm a genius. And that's the only reason why we've got this information. Yeah, and, and, and it's still unconfirmed as well. Like, it's, it's still... Yeah. Like, we've got the details like, now. Nah, the Islanders aren't confirming it. And power, power to them. Like, and, and what a flex. In the summer of the nine million dollar second pair of defensemen, Adam Pellick genuine top pairing guy perfect it's perfect and and when he signs another ufa contract yet uh, next year under his pseudonym ryan pullock he's going to be absolutely laughing <laughs> he'll be earning like 10 million dollars the pullock pellex it's, it's too much of a coincidence both d-men on the islanders get it's gotta it. be it's when sebastian aho tried to start, suit up for the islanders as a d-man as well it's like come on mate it's too obvious yeah, double dipping. Can't be having that. I don't think that's allowed in the CBA. Or maybe it is actually. Who fucking knows us in the CBA? It's a mess. <laughs> I, I feel anyway. like it could be. It's uh, yeah, yeah, good, that's... good, good contract for a good defenseman. Like what? Well, yeah, a top, yeah. A top pairing defenseman who's making deal. the same money as Essel Lindell, who is not a top pairing defenseman. What more could you ask for? Yeah, absolute great deal. Yeah, that's all this is. This is just a Lou flex. That's all it is to get this information out there. Look what I'm paying mine, and. You're paying players like, and here's the big one, folks, Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse, eight years at 9.25 million. Mate, 
Come on. I don't like saying players like Darnell Nurse. You know what I mean? Because Darnell Nurse is good. Darnell Nurse is good. Somebody made a really good point on Twitter, right? Hit me me with it, because it's probably better than anything I'm going to say. The contract was announced, and somebody said, I love this deal. The next person, an Oilers fan, another Oilers fan replied and said, why do you like this deal? They replied again with, I like this deal because he's a top D-man. And the guy below with the good point said, he's a top D-man on the Oilers. There's a difference between being a top D-man and being a top D-man for your team. 9.25 million is obscene. Darnell Nurse is a fine hockey player. If he got if he gets like a million more than Adam Pellick, it's probably still a bit too much for me. But it's that kind of again, like, well, I'm like probably your best D man and I've had come off a career year and you want to keep me. So yeah, it's gonna cost you a little bit more than it should. But dude, nine point two five million for eight years. What yeah, that's <laughs> that's a what what is there to say about it? It's a, it's a joke, as a joke of a contract. It's and the Twitterverse was actually on our side for once as well, Will, because I had a little. I know you don't pay attention to our Twitter, but I I put a comment on that we've been saying on our show for about a year that as soon as Ken Holland gets cap space, he's going to Ken Holland this team, and he has, and he got a fair few likes, and some of them Oilers fans, so they're not exactly chuffed, <laughs> and, I, and I can't and, blame and them. Nor should they be. <laughs> no, like Pelic no. is 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 a better defenseman than than Nurse in every. Every metric. Yes, part of that's because he plays in a trot system. He has a capable decor around him. He has better goalies behind him than Nurse does. But still, like... <laughs> again, if you're responsible for building the rest of that team, you you can't, you can't use the fact that the rest of his team is shit as an excuse to pay this guy more. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's. Oh yeah, that's that is so bad. When, and it, it's it flies in the face of like any any sense whatsoever. You've got an all world season removed from winning the Hart Trophy. Didn't win the Hart Trophy because his fucking line mate won it this year. Forward in in Leo Drysail. Who makes less money than Darnell Nurse? Who, yet again, the Oilers' best defenseman. Okay, yes, that is very true. He is their best defenseman. But fucking hell, he ain't, he ain't a game changer like that. He's a good player, but if you're making nine plus, you've got to be a difference maker every every night. Yeah, I, I love the not... fact on Cap Friendly now, they have percentage of the cap that that player takes up. It's a really interesting tool to look at because you've got this is how I'm now going to basically grade deals like this. If you're paying a player more than 10% of the overall mm-hmm. cap for your team, he better be something. Like you say, he better be a game breaker. And he just is not. He's going to be making more than, what? Like He's making like 11% of the entire cap. Uh, that's just, he's just not that, unfortunately. I d- I'll tell you what, I'm going to say something, something mental. Oh, go on. I would understand more if they gave that nine million to Tyson Barry. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with it, but I'd understand it because at least you can look at Barry's contributions to the Oilers and say he's the D man that makes our power play tick. 
cool. That's that is a tangible game breaking contribution that Barry is actually making. Not that he's worth. I think he's on a good contract for what he's signed. Was it four point five for three years? Love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. But I, I would I would understand where where the insanity is coming from for Ken Holland if he gave that contract to Tyson <laughs> Barry. Whereas with Darnell Nurse, the only thing I can point to is like, well, he plays twenty two minutes a night. All right. I don't then. understand. This is the thing as well. Like these contracts, you've just seen. You have just seen over the past few years how teams have made those deep runs to the cup finals because they have a couple of they have a a couple of game breakers and then they can fill out the rosters with players on good contracts. It doesn't work if you've got three or four players taking up every single penny, and they're just now like that's it. After this season, their team will be McDavid, Drysidle, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, and Darnell Nurse, and then any others they can just basically squeeze in wherever they can, because they're going to have no money left to do any deals or anything. And there's only two of those players that are worthy of being that. Of being that. (laughs) Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just terrible. Just terrible. I I said this. I I said this to you. I said this on Twitter, but. Charlie McAvoy must be at home fucking laughing his fucking face off. He must be on the phone to his agent right now saying, you better be getting me 11 <laughs> or else. <laughs> if it, and and if, I'm, if I'm Don Sweeney, I'm at home, I'm watching TSN. I've got like, I assume there's like a, a Canadian equivalent of Sky Sports News and the little ticker's going across the bottom when it comes up, another mediocre D-man making $9 million a year and he's like Elvis yeah. shooting his TV like no <laughs> let's do this now very very quickly very quickly what does McAvoy's contract look like um, same as Darnell Nurses 8 years at 9.25 I think he's getting 8 years and there's going to be an 8 at the front of it yeah yeah okay I'll, I'll, I'll give you that I, what did I think who, he's going to come in. for the eight? Was that McCarr? Somebody signed for Yes. Oh, no, I'm thinking Haskinen. Oh, okay, okay. I'm thinking Haskinen. And nine, nine oh, yeah, flat, nine, so, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be a, a, at least eight, but I think I think it'll be nine because I reckon his agent could, should, could and should easily look at, I mean, basically all of the big contracts that have been signed this year Haskinen, Jones, McCarr, Hamilton, Wierenski, and Nurse. You look at Wierenski and Nurse and say, I am of similar age and better than both of these players, therefore I deserve at least what they're getting. You look at Hamilton and you say, I do similar things and I'm younger than Hamilton, so I deserve more than he gets. Uh, You look at McCarr and say, yep, cool, whatever. (laughs) Uh, But you're going to have me for longer, so I probably deserve a little bit more money. Um, and yeah, you look at Jones and you say I'm fucking better than him. And yeah, like you just go down the list as as uh, McAvoy's agent, and you've got reasons left, right, and centre why he, why he deserves nine million dollars a year. He absolutely deserves it. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, Mikel did six by nine, didn't he? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's, we've said before, there's that really weird thing that the Bruins have that. And I still don't know the reasons for it that players are just happy to. Yeah, I like it here. Like, like when he did his when McAvoy did his his bridge deal. Well, can I get five? Nah, we, we see him more as four point nine. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Like, just give him five. We, can, you know, we want to save that hundred grand. You never know. You never know. I might need to buy a new helicopter next week. I'm not sure. We, we can't really. I, I, I think, think there's going to be a yeah a bit that, less than people think. Definitely that that contract structure. Uh, um, yeah, the cap management of the Bruins is the closest thing I've. I think we've got to tangible evidence of a quote unquote good hockey culture. Because like yeah yeah. That's that's what it has to be, especially if after next season you've got Bergeron coming back at like three million a year or something. I think I think there's such a an element of respect amongst that uh, dressing room. Yeah, that, yeah, like you can look at someone like Patrice Bergeron, one of the best players in in the league, making even today making six point eight seven five mil, and be like, okay, yeah, I, I genuinely don't deserve more than the Bergeron or whatever. Is it, and it's a bit like yeah. the Penguins. Do the Penguins have anyone making more than Malkin? No. I don't think they do. Because yeah, no. right. then how do you look at Sid making 8.7 million a year, doing everything that he does, and um, and ask for more than that? Which is funny why that hasn't happened in Colorado, especially considering everything we now know about uh, Nathan McKinnon. Oh, beautiful. There we go. We're segueing now, folks. We are no, no, no. We're, we're really going now. We have now. warmed up and we are segueing. But I can't ignore that segue, but I just want to quickly. And another team would be Tampa. Braden yeah, Point oh, has every right. Absolutely. Braden Point has every right to ask for $11 million. Every single right. And he's not. He's like, yeah, I'll take nine and a half. I don't want to go more than the highest paid guy. So we'll stick with that. And but don't get me wrong, th- you know, they're not exactly flush with cash, but he could have asked for 11 without question. Absolutely, and I think the thing that helps Tampa Bay, which is a very, very useful thing to have, they have evidence that, that works. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah, they have won yeah, the cup. Prove it works. You can you can literally just look. Look, we've had two cups in the last two years, largely, and we've been to a final, uh, largely because of this kind of salary cap structure. If you want more, fine. Probably you're not going to win anymore. Like. A fantastic, a fantastic segue into oh, thank you. Thank the you. the life and times of one Mr. Nathan McKinnon. And it was one of these, uh, as we mentioned before the start of free agency, we love our players going home to their native land and doing an interview in a different language and, oh, lost in translation, or no one's going to hear about this. I'm talking in Finland. No, nope. <laughs> no one's going to hear about this, said Nikita Zadarov. I'm talking in Russia. <laughs> and of course, people have found out that Nathan McKinnon, while... We have to appreciate his dedication to his craft, his eagerness to be better, and his willingness to show that he's the team leader. And he goes out there 30 minutes before practice and puts the effort in and changes diets for players so that they can get the best out of it. He's also a little bit of a fucking dick, which was kind of what I took most from this because I want to do that, obviously. But the the story was, was that Nikita Zadarov did an interview in Russia and a shout out to Twitter user Joel Kletka, who I'm fairly sure was the guy who uh, translated it and got it out there. But the report was was that Nathan McKinnon, first guy in practice every day, last guy to leave the ice, proper like leads the team. It's his team. He's sort of ensured that the dietary requirements are all good. He hires a chef for $100,000 a year personally. He's taken away desserts like white sauces. He's replaced the regular pasta with chickpea pasta because it's more, it's healthier. It's got more protein in it to like repair your muscles and all that kind of thing. And that's and that's very exemplary, wouldn't you agree, Will? Absolutely. Like I think 
the dietary stuff, the stuff that is purely personal and dedication to the craft of being a professional hockey player, power to him, 100% power to him. Like, as long as he's, like, enjoying that, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, this isn't a form of self-flagulation. Like, he is, that is dedication to the sport and, and you love to see it. You really do, like, power to him. Because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that is the right thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, eating really healthily, training really hard, cutting out all vices and etc. etc. That is 100% the right thing to do if you want to be a successful athlete, let alone a hockey player. But it's still, it's, it's where it comes into, as I'm sure you're about to go into, the chastising <laughs> of his teammates for doing other stuff. Let alone, let's, the, let's, not get, let's not even get into like the fucking psychotic behaviour in practice. It's where he's like forcing those decisions onto his teammates as well. That part of me is like, eh, that's, that's not really on, is it? Yeah, the second half of this was Zadarov explaining how if you make a pass to Nathan McKinnon and it's not literally on the right point of his stick, he will stop practice, skate over and scream at you. I was thinking, right then. So maybe now we have a reason why Davlach haven't been quite as successful as people think. Because I'll tell you what, if that was me and he did that to me, I would just consider not passing to him. Because A, I'd think, well, fuck you. Why am I passing the puck to you then? Because all you're going to do is scream at me. Or B, I might be too scared to in case I make a mistake. And he then says, get this guy off my ice and get him off my team. I'm like, I'm not going to pass to you then. At least Gabriel isn't going to uh, verbally abuse me if I miss a pass. Let's uh, let's feed him instead. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon needs to learn about the carrot and the stick. It's uh, you know, yeah. Sometimes players need to kick up the arse. I've said that before. Like you know, the I was kind of on Torts' side with giving Pierre-Luc Dubois a mouthful on the bench. I don't hate that if he fucks up something and you fuck up. Fair enough. But you know, it's a fucking. I've said before. It's a vulcanized piece of rubber going across the ice. Sometimes it's going to do its own thing, and I can't make sure it always goes to your stick. You would think a player who's so lauded in the league as Nathan McKinnon would have the ability to pick up a misplaced pass. Apparently not. Apparently he has to have it exactly right every time, or he goes fucking psycho. I, I, I love the idea of um, McKinnon being like the 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 dark side to Sid's light side. Not that Sid is a fucking angel by any any stretch of the imagination. You know, both Carl Harbour boys and like Sid, it's like, oh, it's okay, I'm, it's a slightly off pass, but I'm so good that I'll just collect it and turn it into a goal anyway, and we'll all have we'll all have a big hug afterwards. But McKinnon is like, ah, I'm going fucking absolutely psycho on these people whenever he, whenever they're a millimeter out of their passes. That's the thing, isn't it? You've got to cultivate a warm... Okay, you know, like I say, some players need a hand. Yeah, some players need to cook up the arse. But not every player is going to be able to put the puck on your stick every single time. And when they don't, there are some players that you just cannot go fucking crazy at. It, especially because... where, for, for me to an extent... Sorry to cut you off, like... No, that's right. That, that ain't his job. That, <laughs> that ain't McKinnon's <laughs> job. Do you know, yeah, exactly. Like... like... It's like, mate, like, I, d- I don't know, like, stay in your lane, McKinnon, like. So, it- <laughs> Bednar should be shouting at him for not collecting the pass. Yeah, isn't that, what, isn't that what the video review sessions are for? Like, if you look here, you can see that you misplaced this pass. Oh, yeah, sorry, coach. And if you look here three seconds after, you can see the point where McKinnon's eyes turn red and he skates over to you and tries to beat you up for misplacing the pass. Oh, yeah, I see that now, coach, thanks. 
That's what video review sessions are for. To go over why you misplaced something or did something wrong. Because that's the, like, if in practice you're doing that, you're then stopping practice to be belittled by another player. <laughs> like, what? Isn't that kind of counter, like the counter product, counterproductive to actually having practice? If you're screaming at me, we're not practicing. I'm just stood here being shouted at. You, you know, there was that, uh, that video floating around maybe last year or whatever it was of, of McKinnon and Bednar on the on the bench going back and forth and like McKinnon tells them to fuck off or whatever. I like, do your fucking job. I love the yeah, idea yeah. now that we're looking back on it. McKinnon had just misplaced a pass for like Mika Rantan or whatever. <laughs> and he gets back and Bednar's like, ooh, who's the big man now, Nate? Ooh, ooh you're so perfect, you stupid prick. <laughs> Yeah, Bednar's probably sick of hearing it as well. Imagine yeah. if Bednar presses fast forward instead of rewind on the video review session and McKinnon goes up and screams at him, you press fast forward, you fucking idiot. Why don't you press rewind? You can take your chickpea pasta. No, pa- I'm not even a player. Why am I eating this fucking chickpea pasta with any white sauce, you <laughs> prick? Nathan McKinnon starts outside the guy's house like that kangaroo watching him eat his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Psyching up. Hulking up outside the window, looking at him. Dad, oh. Nathan's outside again. I know, son. Just eat your chickpea pasta. Pretend you enjoy it. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Bednar's, Bednar's at home having a beer after a, a stressful road trip or whatever. McKinnon's at the window. He's like, on the beers again, Jared. Why do you think I'm drinking, Nathan? <laughs> McKinnon, like, through the letterbox, shouting at him, put it down. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I, this. I, I love think, that we get this other side now of Nathan McKinnon. We've just turned him into a movie villain. Oh, it's great. I love it. <laughs> it, it turns out he is worse than both Tom Wilson and Tony D'Angelo combined. He is the worst person in the NHL. Dude, what's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled? Convincing the world he didn't exist. <laughs> That's it. It's Nathan McKinnon. He was there the whole time. He's, uh, the Emperor Palpatine of NHL players. <laughs> People are going back and rewatching game tape like there's a Pruder film. Like, oh god, look there. He went mental right there. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Oh my god. It's been in front of <laughs> his us head this and went back into time. the left. Yeah. He's been there the whole time. <laughs> oh, you think you know oh, a guy, fantastic. Right? You think you know a guy. Uh well not there's two kind of um God, I wanna say sad stroke. What's the word? Upsetting. Uh, I don't know. It, again, it's just fucking hockey, hockey. Uh, Dusty, I always, get, I always say his name wrong. Imo, Dusty Imo, was hired by the Maple Leafs. And then the good people of Twitter took to Twitter and other social medias uh, to complain of such hiring. And now he's not being hired by the Maple Leafs. So congratulations to the world at large. You, you did a good thing on social media for once. Uh, yeah, it turns out he's a uh, he's a fucking arsehole, doesn't it? Um, yep. And, and for all this talk of you know, comp- oh, don't put bad things on your social media because companies won't want to hire you or whatever. It's like you can actively be supporting racist, transphobic, homophobic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera sort of stuff. All the all the bigotry you don't want to see in this day and age. Uh, you can just be out there liking tweets, which is a re- readily readily available bit of information for for anyone. So even even someone without a Twitter account can just go on your Twitter page, see what you've been liking. But uh, our old pal Dusty couldn't fucking uh, couldn't help himself, and the Marlies couldn't be bothered to even check on that. So, which is lovely, isn't it? 
once again, do you think they couldn't be bothered to check on it? Or do you think, eh, we'll just do it and see what happens? If there's any blowback, fair enough. If there's not, great. I, 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 I reckon it's like a combination of the two where they probably didn't check because they didn't think they needed to check. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. I think anybody these days who, as soon as they get hired by a massive company, just immediately delete their Twitter and start a new one <laughs> needs their head because that's what I do straight away because God knows what I wrote in 2011. <sighs> Fuck knows. I mean, Christ, I've already made jokes on here about killing dogs and cats. I mean, where does it end? That's I don't today. know. <laughs> that's just today. Exactly. In 2011, it might, have been even, it might have been way worse. I don't know. But yeah, just people, just, just delete your account. What, what, what you, imagine me, I'm glad he didn't actually, because then we would never know, would we? Yeah, yeah don't, don't give him tips on how to evade. Actually, yeah, the, uh, don't delete your account. It? Write more stuff. Write more things. That's what we should say. Write more things. That'd be, uh, that'd be good. More, the only way you can stop the bigots is by encouraging them to be more bigoted. That's what I'm learning. You've actually got a, a wacky point there. Yeah. In go. line with your, I don't hate that Darnell Nurse contract if it was for Tyson Barry, kind of <laughs> link. You're kind of right there. It's bonkers yeah, I, what you're saying, but yeah, you kind of have a point. I am explicitly saying I, I would endorse Tyson Barry signing for eight years at $9 million. Put that, put yes. that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. And then sad news, RIP, Tony Esposito, legendary uh, Blackhawks yeah. goalie, died at 78. A... Uh, we don't always cover sort of you know hockey players passing away on here, but I think when they're of kind of of this stature, I think it does need a, a it does need a quick mention. Um, obviously, brother of uh, Phil, and I always I always love the idea of when sort of brothers play against each other, and especially when it's a goalie and a forward. I oh, love that so much. It? Yeah, it's it's just so good to see. It's the typical. It, it's not the same if it's two forwards or two defensemen or even a forward and a defenseman. It's not the same. Goalie versus forward is the ultimate mano a mano. All right, it's me versus you, motherfucker. Because if you score, you've won this battle. If you don't score, I win this battle. And I've always loved that, especially when it comes to families. It's great. Yeah, and a hell of a um, decorated hockey player. Yeah, Stanley Cup champion. Won the... <laughs> One of those classic won the cup before he won the Calder situations. Uh, yeah, yeah, fucking three-time Vesna winner, Hall of Famer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, a legendary, legendary hockey player, and yeah, R.I.P. Thank, not to try and put any make light of it or anything, but thank God he had a good innings. You know what I mean? Seventy-eight is too young still, but when you have people like Tom Curvers going far too early for us, and you know Colby Cave, and, that's a good point. No, he, I like that. Yeah, that's a really did, good point. He did did well enough. Did well enough. Yeah, he uh, he lived his life, which is what you want, isn't it? You want to say, yeah, he lived he lived his life and sort of got everything he wanted to do done. And yeah, that's nice, especially like you say when players are sort of players or anybody's taken too soon. Yeah, a, a good point. We did have one more thing to touch on, but it's going to be a long topic. I just know it is, so I think we'll save that as a teaser. And we we're gonna, I'll, I will we'll put a little teaser in. Is it we're going to discuss about. Should Gretzky's be the only number that's universally retired in the league? Should there be others? But that will be a long conversation, so I think we'll we'll leave that till next time. And then, we uh, we probably yeah. can skip to skip to the end though. We still have the conversation, obviously, but let's get the yeah. It'd be like here's the answer, and then we'll we'll, we'll explain to you why. Um, 
Obviously. It's like one of those TV shows where they show you the end scene first and then build up to it for the whole series. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. So when we decide that the number 43 should be retired as well, we'll, uh, we'll give you the explanation next week. <laughs> as you can imagine, folks, this might get contentious between me and Will. <laughs> I reckon this is going to be... I reckon this is going to be one This might worst. be one for the ages. This will be, this yeah, will be we, one we're... Yeah, we're we're absolutely going back to Wilson and Reeves here for sure. Like no question. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> the, the, All right. So oh, the fact on. that we're comparing it to Wilson and Reeves, and even the mention of that discussion still brings up those feelings of like, how was that even an argument? As in, how do you <laughs> hold the opinions that you hold? <laughs> Is I know. My eye just started twitching uncontrollably. It's like I've got a Pavlovian response now to the argument. <laughs> and it's we we we're gonna we're gonna I feel like this could be an argument that ruins our enjoyment of the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyment being the loose term some days, depending on what the league's been up to. Or, or, or at least uh, it, our enjoyment of um how to how to put it uh, the, the the history of the NHL. Yes, yes. You know what's hilarious is that there's a fair few times we've both mentioned on here how we try not to get het up about the stupid little things, and next week we are going to have a full blown argument about numbers on a jersey. <laughs> my, my my one last thing for this week. So I, started, I went, we had to, had our first um, roller session back after the pandemic last night. Oh, Fantastic. Nice. Very, very nice to be back. Did not realise. Big Willie Roller how... is back in the house. Back in the house. Love it. Don't don't worry about it. I'm extremely unfit. That's not the conversation we're having. I'm very, very unfit. But one of the guys Stunned. I play with um well, go on. said that um since since we stopped playing, he hockey hasn't existed for him. Because he's one of those people wow. of like, you know, if he if he can't do something, he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't want to sit around and watch hockey because they don't want to play it. You know what I mean? And like, if he's not got the yeah. ability to play, he just doesn't thought about it for eighteen months. Doesn't watch in the NHL. Hasn't kept up on anything. Wow! And I thought, you lucky motherfucker! You lucky <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> you should have told him to go back and listen to our entire back catalogue over that time. Yeah, <laughs> just I feel like that's, uh, that's not happening for anyone, is it? <laughs> no, that'd make him want to watch it even less. He'd, he'd never watch it again if you listen to this. He'd never want to watch it again, and he probably wouldn't want to turn up to to training for fear of running into me ever again. Fair point. All right, there we go, folks. Uh, th- I guess those were your last words this week, Will? I'd say so. I'd say so, yeah. Um, yeah, go out and try and fight fight some animals. If you've got that inkling, give in to, yes. give in to your urges, because it's probably... That's Darwinism at its finest, isn't it? Exactly the uh, the off wing the off hand off wing the off wing aren't you left wing and shoot right is that right yeah as if you're or... off wing no no but uh, you do that don't you you're off wing aren't you or uh, I yeah yeah I suppose so yeah that's that's probably where I where I fall playing a lot of D at the moment but again that's a that's a different conversation damn okay yeah, well I was, was going to end with uh, wise I was going to end with wise words there from the off wing legend oh like look at that know. look at that oh, you flattered <laughs> me too much. <laughs> there we go thank you everybody take care we'll talk to you next week peace